people are coming in for a physical pick-me-up with caffeinated coffee. Right. But they're also coming in because they need that emotional interaction. The professional world has changed in a more virtual environment. I think that there are so many people who are starved for personal interaction that I know that there are people when they come into the coffee shop and we talk to them, that might be the only interaction they actually have with a real warm-bodied person, yeah, man. like face-to-face. And so you have to value that and you have to take that seriously. And it's not something we take for granted. Uh, so your customers, they likely come in for coffee, sure, right? But you get to surprise and delight them with meaningful interaction and caring about them and brightening their day and letting them have fun and letting them interact with another person. And I think that's just across the board with all of our businesses, all of our endeavors. There's the thing that we're selling and there's the transactional element of it, yes. But if you don't have the other thing, which in your case, coffee should be fun. Right. It should be about community. It should be about investing in relationships. If you don't have a greater context, you're going to burn out. That's exactly right. Thank you for listening to the Guys Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit guyswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that. All right, welcome to the Guys Who Do Stuff podcast. I'm Joe. I am Joshua. This is the show where we help you get unstuck, tell a better story, and have a good answer to the question, what are you doing today? And today, we are excited to welcome to the studio, Paul Peterson. Hey, happy to be here. Thank you. Paul. So excited to have you. Let me tell you a little bit about Paul before we get started. Him and his wife, Marianne, have, since 2008, opened Wake Zone Coffee in Apex. So the Wake Zone Coffee House actually opened in 2008. We bought it about two and a half years ago from the original owner. And uh, this is what I like this on your website. You believe that coffee should be fun. You coffee this, should be fun. You got this California vibe. It's pretty chilly out today. You're coming in wearing some shorts and Love a t-shirt. It. This is it. I, like you just came in from California. My <laughs> uniform are t-shirts and elastic shorts, so it's all good. And yeah. since you recently bought it, it's pretty awesome. You guys have won some local awards for Best Coffee House in 2016, 2017, 2018, Woo. and 2019. Yep. Blow it up. Hopefully uh, 2020. Oh, yeah. Hopefully 2020. You guys locally source your coffee from Dilworth Coffee. And they roast it for you there. You can find them on Instagram at Wake Zone Coffee House. And uh, it seems you guys care a lot about the community. I get that vibe from your website as well. That's awesome. Yeah, we really do. You know, we do fundraisers. We do a lot with uh, local charities. We have a fun run coming up, raise money for the Wake County Crisis Ministry. So, Very cool. yeah, we try to do a lot of different things to try to bring people out. Yeah. Just try to give back a little bit. Since you guys can't be with us, he did bring <laughs> a delicious sample. What are we drinking here this morning? Now, this Paul? is our Wake Zone blend. So we have a custom blend that Dilworth worked with us to uh, to create, and it is a medium roast. Going to be a little bit chocolatey, but it's something that if you like coffee, you'll like our uh, Wake Zone blend. Wake Zone, it's amazing. Blend. It's so good, and it's That's hot. Really it's good. like piping hot. Dude. It I is. love it. You bring it in here, and this thing is a hot coffee. Thank That's you. what we got. These little to go boxes, so we can we can travel in style. Yeah. So just start out by telling us a little bit how you got into Wake Zone Coffee. Tell us a little bit about the company. Ah, so my name is Paul. I brought it in 2017. My background is actually in urban planning and then portfolio management. So I worked in really? real estate construction management, worked as an urban planner for a few years. So I kind of did a few different things, really very unrelated to coffee itself, but more related to like program management and managements of teams, budgets, things like that. Probably about three years ago, I was just not really happy with where I was at, what I was doing. Yeah. And I had commuted my whole career working in D.C. and then worked at UNC up in Chapel Hill for a couple of years and just decided I wanted to be more local and took a very kind of values driven approach to like, what do I want out of life? You know, what's important to me? It's being closer to home, being closer to my family, 
want to kind of live and work and play and kind of be all in the same community versus working in one community, living in one community in a very different community and really having no intersect between the two. Yeah. Was that a relatively new thing? Had you been feeling that for years or it just kind of hit you? I think part of it is I, the age my kids were at. I yeah. think they kind of hit the point where they, I realized that I wasn't as present as I needed to be. How old um, are your kids now? Uh, right now they're 13, 10 and four. So you subtract about, you know, three years off of that. They were, was that 10, seven and one. Yeah. So it's just wanted to make sure that I was more present for them. It wasn't like I was an absentee father or anything like that, but I just realized that like little things like taking them to the doctor or field trips, things like yeah. that. I just wasn't able to participate in the same way. Did you grow up in a small town? I did. Yeah. I grew up in a small feel. town. Yeah, I did back in Illinois, a uh, town I grew up in was about 2,600. Okay. That's a small town. It's a small town. You know, you could, you know, ride your bike from end to end, any place you wanted to go. My parents had a big giant cast iron bell that they hung on, on the back side oh, of the house. Oh yeah. We had one of those. And so my dad's rule growing up was I could go literally anywhere I wanted. Yeah. But if I was outside earshot of that bell, yeah. then I was in trouble. <laughs> yeah. So the good thing is, I had a lot of wide parameters. The bad thing is I had a lot of wide parameters. Yeah. So, yeah there was a lot of uh, mischief to did, be had. Did bees ever make their nest in that bell like they did with ours? No, he no. rang it way too much. He rang it too he much. He rang it yeah, way yeah. too much. Dinner time. <laughs> yeah, ding it was, dong. He used it all the time. That's so. awesome. I can totally relate because I didn't used to feel that way. I think when I was younger, it was like I wanted to go. I wanted to travel. I wanted to be other places. And then when you get to the point where your kids are, I guess about your kids' yeah. age, you start to think, man, what I had was pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah I, I want to provide that for my kids. Absolutely. I started out when I lived in Kentucky. I lived in Louisville and worked in Elizabethtown, Kentucky, or E-Town if you were living there. And then I lived in Maryland and commuted to D.C. And then I lived in, you know, Cary Apex, but then commuted up to Chapel Hill. Yeah. And I was just tired of it. I just yeah. didn't want to do the commute anymore. And you start adding up the time that you're spending in the car, driving. I don't listen to as many podcasts as I used to because I'm not commuting as much. So yeah. that's that's yeah. probably the downside, right, guys? But, but uh, that's the killer of podcasts right is. there. When it everybody is. stops commuting, <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> podcasts <laughs> are over. I think, it's, I think we're still okay with that. Though. Yeah, but, uh, but short of that, I just wanted to be someplace local. And so I actually wrote down lists of you know the things that I valued. So I wanted to be present. I wanted to be closer to home, closer to my kids. I wanted to do something that was more involved in the community. I think one of the things that I noticed the longer that I'd been involved in my professional career was that face-to-face -face communication, like the interpersonal communication that not only do I enjoy, but I think I thrive at, is just kind of going away. And it's being replaced with text messaging and instant messaging and very kind of informal communication where you're just kind of lobbing something over the wall and waiting for somebody to lob it back. And I just yeah. didn't really care for that anymore. I want to get back to something where you're doing more face-to-face, -face, interactive, where you're actually adding value to people's lives. We had a guest on the show. Uh, her name is Katie Gale. She works with Wake Tech. And she she put a name to this thing that I think you're describing that bugged me about like big business. It was called pass the monkey. Yeah. Like there's the thing where you could just shoot an email and be like, not it. Yeah. It's <laughs> up to you. You got to do something. Yeah. And it slows everything down so much. Whereas you were just talking face to face. It would just, you just get the thing done. I, I get to the point where I'd pick up the phone and call people and then they would t send me an email back, say, what did you want? I'm like, my man, I wanted to talk. Like, <laughs> <laughs> let's just have this one. We can have a direct conversation yeah. and be done in 15 seconds versus kind of two days worth of emails kind of lobbed back and forth. So, so. I really like your approach. You're making a list of your values. One, yep. you want to be present. What were some of the other values? I want to be present. I want to be more involved in the community. I didn't exactly know kind of how that would manifest, but I just knew that I wanted to be more involved. Yeah. I also wanted to be, I didn't want to commute as far. You yeah. know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to spend so much time in the car. That's time that I'm not spending with family. It's time that is not being monetized, doing something productive. I and think a lot of people don't yeah. realize how much a commute costs them. Oh, it's huge. You just think about your job and you make this hourly rate. 
But like if you drive an hour one way and then you got traffic and that mess you up, you're like 10 hours a week in this. That's like practically a part-time job that you are having a hard time with. Now people can make use of it now since there's podcasts and, and that's pretty cool. You can go like to the online school of driving in your car and take courses and classes and Mm -hmm. stuff, which we didn't used to have so much anymore, but still that's a big cost for a traditional job is how far you drive. Yeah, it's a huge chunk of time. And so it's just not something I want to participate in anymore. And so I wanted to be closer. So I just started looking for different opportunities. And it wasn't that I was driving towards a coffee shop. It wasn't like my whole life. I thought coffee is my passion. This is what I want to do. Right. I kind of backed into it, I think, which is different than a lot of other people who end up in business. I, I took a values-driven approach. And then the coffee shop uh, came up for sale. And then I kind of overlaid my values and thought, well, that's not exactly what I thought I would do, but hell, it makes sense. Yeah. Like it works for me. It fit um, the values. It did. And it, I mean, we were fortunate that we, you know, had saved for a few years. So we were able to do that as well. And so that made it a little bit easier. And just like all things, it's funny, I didn't mention it to my wife at first because it was like sometimes, so my wife is the more like even keeled one. And I'm the one who's like bouncing somewhere between like the moon and the stars. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm just kind of up there like moving around. And so we drove by the coffee shop one day and I was like, hey, by the way, the Wake Zone's for sale. She said, oh, we should buy it. I was like, oh, really? She's like, yeah, we should do that. And I thought, well, I didn't say anything to you because I didn't think you'd be down for it. But now that you are, like, hey, I think it'd be kind of a cool (laughs) thing to do. And it's one of those things where, you know, when you're married, if you and your wife are on the same page with something, that's probably something you should really think about doing. It's one of those things where, like, if there's alignment, you know, at at least if you do it and you're wrong, you're both wrong together. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, you know, if you're successful, you're both kind of in lockstep kind of moving yeah. forward. And I think that's one of the things that's been very helpful is the both of us moving forward together, kind of being stronger where there's been good times and times that we've struggled. Like, okay, well, how are we going to do this? Yeah. And and be able to have that person where you're never worried about like, you know, and I told you so, or right. yeah. if only you would have stayed at your other job. You know what I mean? There's never yeah. been that moment at all. So that's always been very cool that knowing that we kind of just kind of full force move together. Right. It's a teamwork thing. Yeah. yeah. Together. And yeah. it helps that she's wicked smart too. So oh, that's <laughs> great. She gets a lot of, uh, yeah. yeah, I get a lot of good feedback. So. I saw a picture of you guys on Instagram and she had a shirt on that said, I'm 100% in charge. Yeah, and, that's, <laughs> and, and, and that's not, and that's not even a lie either. So um, I don't pretend otherwise. So awesome. So you went from urban planning yep. to owning a coffee shop. Yeah. I would love to hear from your perspective, what it felt like going from, earning a check from somebody else to being the business owner. What were some of the big lessons there for you? Was um, this your first time owning a business? I own some shaved ice stands. I opened the first one when I was 18. I built it up to four by the time I was 21 and then I sold those. And so that's part of how I, and I was in the air force for a few years. So between the two of those, that's how I paid my way through college awesome. along with my, my parents were able to help me a lot as well. And so we did that. And then selling the business, we were able to use that money for down payment on a house engagement ring. So that was kind of like starter money for life to kind of move me forward. I didn't know if I was going to go back and like do a business again. I always thought, well, if it's the right opportunity and it feels right, then I would probably do it. But it was one of the, it wasn't one of those things where it's like, I was going to kind of shoehorn my way in. Mm-hmm. I'd always been fortunate where the professional jobs that I had, I could apply kind of an entrepreneurial spirit to it where like you could try out and test, you could build, you could do different things. And so that kind of scratched that itch where I was able to kind of have fun and do that. Yeah. And then, you know, then I wasn't, and it was, it, it kind of stopped being fun. And then it kind of just started being churn. And I realized, well, I don't want to just do churn and I wanted to do something more purposeful you know, with, right. with employment. And I've never been entirely, it's probably not a good thing to say as a business owner, but I've never been entirely motivated by money. Like it, that's not why I get up in the morning. And so 
whether it's with the business or whether it is with uh, the professional employment that I had before where I kind of had a rote check that came in. It was never about like the actual salary. Like I would have taken a lot yeah. less to do something that I thought was more meaningful and to be happier. And so that was kind of the big thing. So when I first transitioned to owning the shop, it was really just heads down, just kind of grunt work, just really trying to learn it all. Um, and I really didn't think about the paycheck aspect of it. I thought, okay, well, if I, right. you know, I had a business plan that I thought was sound. Do you um, enjoy learning new stuff? Is that love, energizing? Lo I love yeah. learning new stuff. And yeah. so I, I do that. Sometimes it ends up being a time suck. Sometimes it ends up being something like ridiculously cool that, you know, you can try to just do something different. And, and as a side note, one of the cool things that I try to do every single year is I try to do something new every single year. So okay. like this year, my new thing was opening up the shop. Like I'd never opened up a brand new kind of standalone I like restaurant that. like this. Last That's way year, better than just some rote, like I'm going to do some New Year's resolution. Do yeah. something new. No, yeah. do something brand new. So that way it's like I figure, okay, well, if I try to do this every single year, you know, by the time I, I, I you know, kick it, whenever that is, I will have cobbled together a few decades worth of like fun experiences. Last year, it that'll was, be your last new thing. That'll be his thing. Going to see what this is like. <laughs> Never going to do this again. <laughs> but it was, uh, Last year it was I did uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. The year before that I did longboarding. My daughter was skateboarding, learning how to do that. So I went out and learned how to skateboard. The year before that I learned how to do slackline, which was like oh yeah, you know, yeah. kind of the tightrope that you, we had it. Yeah, up I in see the those tree. on America's Home videos. Oh, unfortunate I, yeah. Luckily nobody videoed. I had a couple <laughs> successful videos, but that was about it. But that's we're just trying to do fun stuff, just trying to learn different things, yeah. and that way you can kind of keep your mind kind of rolling. And so I'm trying to cobble together some stuff that I want to do for next year. Yeah, but yeah, I love learning new stuff. And so the first few months, it was really just head heads down work. I and mean, I'd kind of told my wife and kids like, "Hey, you know, yeah, this is what I'm going to be doing for the next few months." You know. Sorry if I'm not going to be as present, but this is what I'm I'm working on. This is the end goal, though. Like, once we get past this initial lift, yeah. like, this is where it's going to kind of even out. Yeah, and it was a lot of fun. Since then, kind of the reality has struck, like, okay, well, there's earning a paycheck versus getting a paycheck, right. which is kind of two very different things, I think. And so I think that was a little bit hard. Like, it kind of forces kind of like an oh, crap moment. And, you know, it's probably the first time. I know it's the first time in my life I'd ever woken up in the night, like, thinking about work. Um, that's never been anything I'd ever had to do before. Mm. I wake up early. I wake up at five every day and I wake up thinking about like, you know, social media stuff. I wake up thinking about new policies. I wake up thinking about cool recipes. I wake up thinking about how we can engage the community. I wake up thinking about how we can provide better service. So I work, that's kind of what I wake up thinking about. And like that yeah. time between five and seven in the morning, I'm like, feels like I'm ridiculously sharp, you know, between seven and nine at night, like I'm not worth anything. <laughs> I'm done. But that early morning, like I'm just ready to kind of roll. Right. Um, right. So I want to go back to something you said that I, th I find interesting because I happen to be wired the way that you described is like, I don't really get motivated by money. And I think that was probably strange for some people to hear because it's like, well, then why go to work would probably be a lot of people's mentality. Mm -hmm. But money's like a byproduct is the kind of the way I feel about it. And I love so your website says coffee should be fun. That's You're right. obviously a very fun guy. You keep saying the word fun over yeah. and over again. I'm curious from your perspective, do you think that the reason that you have so much fun is because you're choosing to have fun? I think so. However, we end up defining success. I think that's going to be, you know, other people's kind of interpretation. I think that one of the things that I'd like to be able to say is that I've kind of lived an intentional kind of purposeful life and I didn't just kind of let life happen. Right. And so that kind of gives me a semblance of, of control a little bit, but it also allows me to just kind of have fun with it. So you know, how do you define success? I, I really go back to the value side of it. You know, I, I've, I've joked with people before that, you know, I could be 
ridiculously successful and make a whole bunch of money or not. And like, you would never know. Like I wouldn't, it wouldn't be, you know, I'd still drive an eight year old car. Like I'd still have elastic shorts. Like, like you wouldn't, like I'd still show up at, at the same pub and have a beer with you. Like, like it would be, it wouldn't be like my life would change and it wouldn't be like, you'd know any different. And so for me, it's just a matter of, am I able to spend time with the people I want to spend time with? Do I still get value out of what I'm doing? Because I could be monetarily rich, but if I'm not getting personal value out of it, then it just doesn't matter to me anymore. And probably to my wife's frustration sometimes, if it was a difference between being unhappy and having stuff and making money versus being happy and not having stuff and not making much money, I would choose the latter. Like I am just not, it's just not a concern of mine. So I'd have a one room house. I'd have almost nothing. And as long as I made enough just to kind of keep going and be happy, I'd be cool with that. So, yeah. I think, um, um I luckily love, I don't have to do that, but, but yeah. I love asking people that question cause it's, you get all kinds of answers on what is success, but I think I can put the answers in two categories and you fall squarely in one that I aspire to, to live out of, which is some people define success as a target that they can currently be hitting. This is the way that they can live their life. So they are currently successful. And some people define success as a future state. And those are usually the people that are goal-driven, goal-oriented, when I make X amount of money and I can do X amount of stuff, when I retire, when I... And these are future states of way of living. Mm-hmm. So they never get to be successful in the moment. Well, you success know, is something that's out there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and so you don't get to have that sense of success or contentment now because you're, you're chasing it and you're like postponing it. <laughs> so this is something that I struggle with sometimes. One of the things that I've had to learn, I think this ties into what you just said, is that I need to try to, you know, I work on trying to enjoy the present more and kind of don't let the idea of perfection get in the way of recognizing that you have improved and have gotten better. How do I communicate vision? How do I communicate expectations? And if I'm always um, judging them against my idea of per- perfection or judging myself against my idea of perfection, then we're all always going to fail. And that's not a good place for them to be. It's not a good place for me to be. That's not a happy workplace. That's not a fun place to be. Yeah, people want to win. That's exactly right. And so it's it's recognizing. See it in sports teams. Like the kids that are having fun, they're winning. That's right. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) and it's no fun losing. And I prefer to be on the winning side. But, you know, all that said, I think it's also recognizing that, hey, we are better than we were yesterday. And then hopefully tomorrow we're going to be better than we were today. And that's kind of the goal is like break things down into small bite-sized chunks where we can recognize like, Hey, we're just going to get a little bit better at a time. Like my goal four months from now might be very different than my goal for tomorrow. But my plan is every single day, we're going to get a little bit better and you're not going to know that we're heading for that four month goal. But once we get there, like I'll know it, you know, and you're going to be a lot better for it. And that might be whether it's professional development, whether it's how we interact with customers, whether it's drink making, whether it's accuracy, you know, whether it's me with time management, how I spend time with the kids, like anything like that. It's like all right. those little things. Cause there's so much you can beat yourself up about. You must be doing something right. Cause you got your second store open. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And has there anything that surprised you that just kind of came out of nowhere? You're like, Oh, that was an unsuspected, awesome thing about running a coffee shop. I didn't think about. Cause like you said, you didn't, you don't have a degree in professional coffee shoppery. Sure. And, uh, <laughs> And don't even, I don't even think you were a barista or anything. No, I was not. Just kind of coming into a whole new thing. Is there anything about a coffee shop that's just been like, oh man, I didn't expect that. That's been fantastic. I did not expect to enjoy working with my team members, the people who work for me and working with the customers as much. I knew that that would be something that would kind of play into my strength a little bit. Yeah. But it was different. 
I thought that I would struggle more with going from, you know, managing multi-million dollar programs and, you know, tens of million dollar construction projects and managing teams and budgets and things like that down to, you know, serving people coffee. Like I thought that I would have a, I thought that I would struggle with that side. There's a humbling kind of nature to it, but it's, it's one of those things where I was surprised at how much I enjoy serving people. I've kind of taken the philosophy that my job is to make the person who's in front of me feel like they're the most important person at the time. And so as I'm kind of going and doing service, that's really kind of the thought that I thought was going to bother me, like that I would struggle with the most. And that's not. So I think that's been kind of the pleasant surprise. Yeah. That I just adapted right to it. Well, that um, makes sense. Cause I mean, even what you said earlier, wanting to be more involved in the community. Yeah. And that's exactly what you're getting to do. You're yeah. getting to meet the people in your community. You met some pretty awesome people. Oh, we've had some great people. I mean, fantastic folks. Uh, you know, we've, joked about working on a couple of projects where we can try to highlight some of the people that we have. We've got a, a gentleman who lives nearby our OG shop over on Old Jenks Road. OG, OG yes, shop. the OG <laughs> shop. What, what? Uh, he's British. He does a lot of environmental work for the UN. He's a uh, adjunct professor at UNC, but he's actually over in Britain right now running for, uh, running for parliament. We have other people who work on important uh, human trafficking uh, policy that come into the coffee shop. We have people who are professional athletes, former professional athletes. We have just all sorts of like ridiculously cool people who come in. And and then people who are just, just really nice, kind, very helpful people. One of the coolest things that we see, so both of our shops have uh, very nice drive-throughs. They will have customers who do like a pay it forward. What they'll do is, or pay it backwards. They'll actually pay for the car's drink behind them. And then that car will pull up. They'll be ridiculously surprised that somebody paid for their drink. So then they'll pay for the car behind them. And so then we'll keep track of like how many how cars many in a row. Yeah, yeah. What's the record? Uh, 13. 13. So we're able to string together 13 cars. And, so, <laughs> and then we'll end up having the person who's like, oh my gosh, I want to do that. Um, I'm going to do that next time. Yeah. And so then when They're they like, come. I'll pay the car behind me. That's $48. I'll do it next time. <laughs> that's right. Uh, they ordered like for an office. <laughs> that's right. They, they look behind. They're like, oh, that's a minivan. I'm not doing that. Uh, it's like one of those. <laughs> I can have a whole bunch of folks in there. It's one of those windowless stay at home family vans. You're like, that's going to be expensive. That's exactly I'm going to get right. you next time. They got the, <laughs> we got the, the Duggars back there. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, some of the people that we have are just caring and generous. Uh, one of our customers, uh, you know, she's part of a local church and what they do is they uh, put together giving trees. But that way we can have one of these trees set up on our shop so that people can come in and kind of take the names off and go buy Christmas gifts and, yeah. you know, needed items for, for kids or people might not have them. But we have all sorts of people who are just involved in the community like that. And it's just fun to do. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it is. One of the things we love about this show is we get to kind of connect like-minded people, doers of stuff, business owners, entrepreneurial spirit type of people. I love just your approach to life and your business. And I want to pick your brain a little bit about sure. like weapons of choice. Okay. So- Knives. Are there any knives? <laughs> All knives. Because <laughs> you did jujitsu, right? Yeah, just a little. Yeah, it was, you should have said fists. I, I wasn't good, but I had fun. Yeah. So, Fist of uh, fury. What do you think are some of the most critical skills that business owners in, in a similar space to yours, brick and mortar, need to possess to be successful right now in the triangle? I think a couple things. I think one is going to be just time management. I mean, how do you allocate your time? You have a given set of time in the day. Um, how do you use those hours? If I want to be able to exercise, spend time with my kids, have a well-balanced life where I'm able to focus on work, be home for dinner, kind of check all those boxes and do that, you know, I've got to be very purposeful with yeah. how I plan my day. And so I think that's one of the key things. To go along with that, I think it's just maintaining balance. It is so easy to feel guilty like leaving your shop, but you have to. If you're there all the time, mm. you will burn out. Your staff will not like you. Yeah. Uh, your customers will pick up on it. I mean, they are the cu- customers are so intuitive. They can tell. I remember when I first when I first opened the second shop, 
I was working up to it about 80 hours a week getting it started. And then for the first three weeks it was open, I was there about 80 hours a week. And by the end, I remember one customer walked in and she was just like, you look tired. <laughs> and I was like, well, I feel tired, but like, but and some of that seasonal, like opening a store is a season where you have to work harder than normal. You recognize you're going to do that, but you also have to recognize when to kind of pull out of startup mode. Right. Um, and I think that's one of the things where we were under a lot of stress when we opened up the new shop. Construction was supposed to be done in January. We were supposed to open in March or April. Uh, we didn't get the site available for us to start construction until May. Yeah. So by the time we opened the first week of September, we had already had a family trip planned to Disney World for the first week of October when my kids tracked out of school. So what we, I mean, I had like three solid weeks where I had to get it all the way going so that I, I could leave town. Right. And it was like touch and go up until like the day before, like, am I going to be able to go or not? Like, is this at a place where I can do it? Yeah. And we, because we were fortunate, it was so busy from the get go that we actually had to staff faster than we thought we would, which is a very good problem to have, but it's one of those where we just had to kind of muscle through it. So I knew that I had this really compressed schedule to try to get it done right? and then step away, which I think was really good because it was, I was able to get away, go to Disney world with the kids, which I don't know if you've ever been to Disney world, but it's not typically like a relaxing vacation, but compared <laughs> to how much I've been working, it was like a resting vacation. Yeah. Um, I finished one book, read another, started reading another one. So I was able to get caught up on some reading. I was able to spend time with the kids. I was able to kind of do all of that. Walk stuff. like nine miles a day. That's it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. well, it felt good to kind of just be out, be out in the sunshine and yeah. do that. Um, and then when I came back, I struggled a little bit because you're kind of transitioning your mindset from startup mode to like maintenance and operations mode, mm. which are two different mindsets. Because if you're in startup mode, like you can really wear out your staff because you you can kind of be driving a little bit too much. Yeah. And maintenance and operations, you kind of just, you kind of have to maintain churn. And I think this is probably where I'd get back to like kind of the second point. So the first point was going to be time management. I think the second point is going to be just be consistent day in, day out, be consistent. And I think that's really where the operations maintenance mindset comes from is like, you have to be consistent. And I, I struggle yeah. with that a little bit. Professionally, I work managing a lot of projects. And so when I did projects, you would have deadlines. So you push, 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 back up, push, 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 and then back up. Staff who's not used to that, they will, you can wear them out and that's not a healthy place for them to be. And so I, cause had, they don't know when it's push mode or if that's just the way it's going to be for the next three years. And that's, ex <laughs> that's exactly right. And so, and it's, and it's, and it's not a fair expectation and it's not a workable, like it's not a solutions oriented kind of, kind of expectation. Yeah. So what I did is just tried to back it up and, and I have, I don't have any days off every single day. I try to do something. It's whether it's payroll, whether it's social media, whether it's, you know, interacting with staff, whether it's working in the shop, whether it's working with vendors, every day I do something and it could only be like an hour's worth of something, or it could be like eight, nine, 10 or more hours worth of something. Yeah. But every day just do it. That way I'm being consistent where I'm not like stockpiling stuff for a few days and then having days off and stockpiling and then having days off. And that way that kind of keeps all of the balls moving a little bit. And I think the last thing that I did, which took me a little while to learn, because I think there's a lot of business owners who struggle with you know waking up in the night and they're worried about money or staffing or this that or the other one right. of the things that i learned is that if i write down what i'm thinking about and what i need to focus on the next day i don't have to allocate my schedule and do all that if i just literally do a mind dump and like put it down on paper yeah and it could be five things just boom, gets it out of your mind yep out yeah. of my mind and i know it's like it's accounted for when i wake up it's going to be there yeah 
And then when I get up around five, I can just start working through it. I it's find good. that to be true every once in a while. If yeah. I don't just make a detailed list and just yeah. get it all down on paper, just the act of getting it down on paper is a weight lifted. It yeah. is. Yeah. And it's, and then, uh, you know, it's an added bonus if you actually do the stuff that's on paper, but yeah. if you <laughs> getting yeah. that out of your mind, like, man, you can really, it, it just helps. So the skills of time management and the skills of being consistent. I recently listened to uh, an audio book called The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. And he talked about this process he went through, which is not, I don't know if it's his idea. You've heard it a bunch of times, but just basically write down how you spend your day. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do this for two weeks. So I got a little black moleskin and I wrote down in 15 minute increments the way I spent my time for like a couple weeks. And what I realized to kind of what you were talking about is although I felt very busy because I'm kind of currently in startup mode, I just felt like I had a lot going on. I was wasting time on stuff that weren't contributing. And so what it looked like was, like semi-productive stuff, like I would cook a meal or kind of just walk around the house a little bit and just lose chunks of time. And then I love Apple's new screen time thing because they just tell you like at the end of the week, hey, this is how you're doing yeah. on your screen time. Yeah, you, you were slumming it this week. You were slumming <laughs> it. And when I was doing that thing, my screen time was up to like, and no judgment here. I don't care what your screen time is. I'm just talking about mine. Mine was up at like three hours and now it's back down to like 52 minutes, which feels better. Yeah. But for a guy who said he was so busy all the time to yep. be spending three hours on his phone, it just seemed like a giant disconnect. Like, well, that's yeah. why you're not getting crap done right there, man. No, you it's know? true. Yeah. <laughs> and it was dumb stuff. It's like the little game that I liked, some social media stuff. Yeah. So delete the game. Reddit. Pretty you gotta, easy. It's the Reddit, man. <laughs> I, I Reddit is like the time suck. It's oh. like, I don't know if you ever, have you ever spent any time on Reddit? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't spent much time on there, but I know the people that love it, love it. Yeah, right. well, well, don't. You will just, time will just suck away. You'll oh, start no. sweating time. So. <laughs> Any daily habits that you have that you believe contribute to success? I think I, mean, I kind of mentioned a couple of them. I think waking up early. I mean, that's really the thing. We're just getting up and getting wow. the day started. I'm just a big fan of it. Waking up early. Yeah, waking up. It's just, it's, you know. Some people just stop listening. Yeah, that's it. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> we're done. Fine, stop listening. Yeah, it's... Uh, and I, and I think the other thing is, is my, my parents always talk about my dad, just, just show up. Yeah. Just, just be present. Just show up. Um, yeah. you know, you can't, you know, you're not going to win if you don't show up. I like, I don't know where I heard it first, but like bring your best self. I don't know where I heard that phrase, mm -hmm. but that constantly goes through my mind when I catch myself giving somebody a lame greeting. It's so easy to just be so dismissive yep. of people. There was a gentleman that I knew in Maryland and one of the things that he used to say, and I've applied this in different ways, but it's that. Your heart will follow your mind. And I think some of the things you, you are, if you wait for passion and you wait for yeah. inspiration and, and if your life drives based on those two things, like you might be successful for certain times. And then yeah. there are times where you're just not because you're not always going to be passionate. Right. Like I really enjoy the coffee shops. You're going to go through a time where you're like so sick of coffee. That's exactly. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and the, and, and it happens sometimes your intentional acts, you know, your mind has to be a little bit stronger to kind of push you through that. And then you're going to start caring about the things that you put effort into. Right. And so I think it's like that, whether it's working out, whether it's reading, whether it's spending time with family, mm -hmm. all of those things that you might be like, Oh, I'm just not feeling it today. Well, who feels it? Who, who wants to go run right. when it's 
15 degrees and raining out. Yeah. No, you just do it and then you get done. You're like, whoo. I totally agree with I'm that. Glad person. I did that. I like, heard another version from uh, Gary Vett, who's a friend of mine, and he said, and I think he stole this from Shakespeare, but anyways, that your feelings will follow your actions. Yeah. Your emotions will follow your actions. You'll Sometimes start, you just need to do the stuff and then let your emotions catch up. And you'll start to, yeah, you'll start to care about the things that you put effort into. Mm-hmm. And that's both positive and negative. I mean, if you start spending a lot of time doing, junk stuff like right. facebook or reddit Binge watching or other. so effort could be time this is where we spend our time correct that's exactly the right. habitual way yeah that's I think exactly that's just right. the transactional way to think about it it's not so much even things that aren't effort like binge watching netflix yeah. i mean you wouldn't consider that to be an effort generating thing like yeah. i'm put a lot of time sure. into netflix and working hard yeah, yeah i'm getting uh, good at this <laughs> yeah but it'll have the same effect i think to kind of what paul is saying it will contribute in a negative way sure to your productivity yeah. and your feelings will catch up with that. You'll Certainly. be like, I just want to spend more time watching Netflix. Sometimes you just have to fake it. Sometimes you're not feeling it. Fake but it till you make it, people. My basic philosophy, I'll kind of take a step back and this will help kind of explain it. Is I don't view coffee as, and what we do as just a transactional experience. You know, you can go to McDonald's, you can go to someplace else where Starbucks or some other place where it's like, right. I give you money, you give me coffee. And that is the extent of our relationship. Right. You know, we want to make it where we have a more kind of relational interaction with people. You know, hey, how you doing? How's your morning? You get to know right. people's names. You get to know their drinks. You get to know something about themselves. You get to the point where customers, when they go out of town for a week, yeah. like they tell us like, hey, I'm going to be gone for a week. Don't worry if you haven't seen me. But that also means that those people come in and you might have a day where you might be getting over a cold or you might be tired because you're up with the kids during the night or you might have some personal stuff that's going on or whatever else is going on in your life. You have to learn to kind of set that aside and realize that people are coming in for a physical pick-me-up with caffeinated coffee. Right. But they're also coming in because they need that emotional interaction. Mm -hmm. Going back to one of the things I said before about, I think, how kind of the professional world has changed in a more virtual environment. I think that there are so many people who are starved for personal interaction that I know that there are people when they come into the coffee shop and we talk to them, that might be the only interaction they actually have with a real warm-bodied person. Yeah, man. Like, face to face. And so you have to value that and you have to take that seriously. And it's not something we take for granted. Uh, So your customers, they likely come in for coffee. Sure. Right. But you get to surprise and delight them with meaningful interaction and caring about them and brightening their day and letting them have fun and letting them interact with another person. And I think that's just across the board with all of our businesses, all of our endeavors. Like there's the thing that we're selling and there's the transactional element of it. Yes. But if you don't have the other thing, which in your case, coffee should be That's fun. Right. It should be about community. It should be about investing in relationships. If you don't have a greater context, you're going to burn out. Well, that's exactly right. And I think the, I've had people ask me before, because um, I work with some of the local high schools, whether it's the entrepreneurial clubs, marketing clubs, et cetera. And they'll ask me, okay, well, who do you see as your main competition? And I always tell them, like, my competition is the status quo, which is staying home. Yeah. Like nobody has to come get coffee. If they, <laughs> if they stop drinking coffee, like they might be irritable for a couple of days, but they'll be just fine. Like I don't sell anything that anybody absolutely has to have. They choose to come in. They choose to not make coffee at home to come in and see us. Right. And any day they could, if, if we stop giving them that experience, they could choose to not come in. Yeah. And so that's something that it's like just being aware of and recognizing like, like just because so-and-so has come in every day for the last five years, if they start getting a bad experience, they can stop. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to go to another physical coffee shop. They could just stay home right. uh, just as easily. 
people do come for coffee. Like that is the, the physical transaction that takes place, mm -hmm. but it's recognizing that a lot of people come because of that other side of it. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I can totally relate yeah, to what you're just, saying about it's just, important. This is the need for human interaction. And I know I used to think this is probably like your stay at home mom thing. But since I started being a solopreneur and doing my own thing, there have been like three or four days where I don't see anybody outside of my family three is or that, four day stints. Yeah. And I told my wife the other night, I'm like, this can be a, a lonely way to go about stuff yeah. in this season. So let me ask you, so this is, so this is odd for me because in the coffee shop, like I'm always like asking other people questions, like interacting with them. So like for you, is that, is that lonely for you? Like, have you had to learn to try to work through that? Oh yeah. Yeah. I think it has been. So when I had a job job and when I say job job, not to downplay that this isn't a job, but when I worked with other people in an office, you have work acquaintances, you have meaningful relationships that you've invested with over time that are going to be there every day. Mm -hmm. And then when you pull yourself out of that, the analogy is very apt where it's like now, instead of just getting the paycheck, like sure. you were saying, now you got to earn it. It's the same with relationships. Yep. You had these built in relationships that came with the job and now you got to earn them. Yeah. Like you gotta, you gotta put time on the calendar and you gotta make them happen. Cause if you don't, they don't. Yeah. And I think that's, that's one of the things that I've learned is that, you know, how do you be more purposeful with those interactions with people? Because you can kind of take that interaction for granted. Like, Oh, you pass Steve in the hall. Hey, what's up, Steve? How you doing? Right. And then you walk into the cafeteria, you walk into wherever you're at and you start talking to somebody. Absolutely. And then, but when you don't have that anymore, you know, then you have to figure, okay, well, you know, we're going to plan, you know, a lunch date, you know, you're going to plan, we have what's called a, uh, we go to one of the local breweries in Apex, we go to Southern Peak sometimes, and we'll do office hours. So we'll do Friday afternoon office hours. Well, I'll save like some laptop work that I've got to do. Go sit down there with a couple of friends, have a beer. And that way you're yeah. kind of working, but you're still kind of interacting with people. Mm -hmm. You're out of the house, you're doing stuff, you're talking to people. I, I think one of the things that I struggled with now that we're kind of thinking about it, as far as like being a, a coffee shop owner was that who do you talk to about your struggles or your problems? And like, I'll talk to my wife about some of that, but I think that dynamic is hard because you don't want to burden your spouse. And this is going to sound like that dumb machismo, but like, yo, I'm a man. I need to just like solve this problem. You know what I mean? It's like, no, you have to like, you, you know, work talk through this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. a difference between, I know what you're saying and it's not machismo. It's just the way we're wired, right? Yeah. Like my I'm a wife, problem solver. My wife processes things differently as I think a lot of, a lot of women are a lot more emotionally in tune than a lot of men, just stereotypically. And so they're going to process through a problem differently than we will. Sometimes I just want to vent. My wife's not the person to vent to. Yeah. I should call Josh and bitch and complain <laughs> for a couple of minutes. On my answering machine. And then Josh will just be like, okay. And then that'll be the yeah. end of the conversation. That's good. <laughs> and then it's it off gives my you like a virtual backpack. Good. Great. Good. But yeah. he's not going to carry that because he's right. not my spouse. Yeah, I don't, you know? I'm not sleeping with you. <laughs> yeah, he's not <laughs> sleeping with you. So he's not going to carry that around for three or four days worried about sure. me. He's going to just... The entire the entire <laughs> conversation is going to be like, oh, Joe had a bad day. See, that's a, <laughs> and that's important that you have somebody like that because I think that there are a lot of entrepreneurs who don't have that person they can talk to like that, where they they are flying it solo and they think that they have to kind of yeah they they just don't have that person they can talk to and kind of bounce ideas off of. Such a big important thing right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and coffee shops can solve. Wake Zone can solve that. Yeah, that's right. Come on in. It's the place to do it. Meet your tribe yeah. today at Wake Zone. <laughs> so lightning round, here we go. Uh -oh. So part of growing a company, I'm sure there's been scaling. There's been, you mentioned waking up and thinking about processes and stuff like that. What's one strategy as that you wish you would have applied sooner 
Pass. No, I'm joking. <laughs> we started using more virtual tools. So we did online forms, online inventory tracking. We integrated kind of digital marketing, not necessarily like social media, but email marketing, things like that. And, yeah. and the ROI on that's been pretty strong. And so that's been one of the things that we learned early on. In addition to just, just be authentic. Don't, you know, you don't feel like you have to talk like the other coffee shops or these other businesses, just kind of be who you are, trust what you're doing, push that strong in a meaningful way. What process did you put into place that just didn't work out for your business? Most of the processes have actually worked pretty well because we, we, we kind of, I don't want to say that I'm good at it, but most of our processes have actually worked pretty well. We've tried different products that didn't work. You know, one of the products that I personally really love baklava and we tried mm -hmm. having baklava and I tried pushing and I tried selling yeah. and I tried doing all of that and people just weren't having it. And it was like baklava is delicious. You drink yeah. a black <laughs> cup of coffee and you have a piece of baklava that yeah. is just amazing. And people just weren't having it. And it was just not the right market for, for baklava. And yeah. so I lost money on that for like two months thinking like, oh, I love it. So you should love it too. <laughs> we added uh, macaroons, which are delicious. But I thought, well, you know, what is the market for somebody to spend two and a half dollars on a delicious but small cookie? Right. Well, apparently the market is really good because people love those macaroons. That's funny. And so it's one of those things where it's, yeah, it's, it, you just never really know. And I so we know what your people want. Yeah. So we test different things and I'm certain uh, there are, you know, you know, our inventory and operations manager, Chanel, when, when she listens to this, I'm certain that once you ask which processes didn't work, she's like one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> like she's starting to count off. But like the optimist in me is like, no, I don't remember the stuff that didn't work all, you know, everything's, you know, you know, sunshine and roses, right? Best drink to order for first timers at Wake Zone. The iced Wake Zone mocha and pro tip, the iced, so the iced Wake Zone mocha is going to be a white mocha chocolate sauce, a white chocolate sauce. It's going to have either cold brew or hot espresso shots. It's going to have milk and ice, and then it's going to have caramel drizzle and whipped cream on top. If you get it with the espresso shots, that is like the pro tip. It is going to taste amazingly delicious. It's going to taste balanced. The espresso flavor blended with the white chocolate really go together. Yeah. Is there a, another local business in your area that you're like, these guys are nailing it, that you just want to give them a shout out? I'm a big fan of the guys at Southern Peak. You know, they do a fantastic job. They're, a, they're not only a, a tap room, but they brew their own beer. They're right near downtown Apex, right off 64. They do great customer service. They build a fantastic community. The breweries and coffee shops are a bit of kindred spirits. They the, are. It's and creating it's so, that third space for people to hang out well, and have relationships. And that's what I was going to say is, I mean, they do a fantastic job of the third space. And we worked with them some of the past where they've taken some of our espresso beans I made a Wake Zone specialty draft beer that was delicious. Wow. And they're just fantastic people. And they work really hard. And they care about the community part of it. And that's the part that I really dig. Because it's like, I've been to some breweries before where you go in there and like, sometimes they act like they're doing you a favor by serving you beer. Like they kind of have like a too cool for school kind of place. Like, yeah. like, like what the hell are you like, doing like here? Like when you ask somebody for music and you don't know any of their bands and they just list off all these indie bands and you're like, I guess I'm not cool enough to do music. I guess like I just feel like an idiot. Yeah. I just, uh, and, and, and some coffee shops are like that. They kind of have like this hipster vibe where if you go yeah. in and like, if you have to ask, then you don't belong here, which mm -hmm. I just think is just, is just bull crap. Like I just yeah. don't like that at all. You know, I was in Chicago few months ago and I stopped in this coffee shop and I was asking them about their menu and I was like, well, you know, they had this item on the menu. It was called a granita or granada or something like that. And I was like, well, is that kind of similar to a frappe? And the guy was like, sir, 
we don't sell frappes here. I'm I'm not really certain what that word even means. And it's like, well, of course you know what that word means. You're like, at a, a coffee shop. You know what an, a frappe is. That's an industry term. Like, how do you not know what that is? But that, <laughs> I call foul, sir. Yeah, that was, <laughs> but it was this. But it was this impression that it's like, no, no, no. We're too cool to talk about this in here. It's like, yeah. man, like, yeah. how do you not know what like yeah. a third of the coffee drinkers out there are getting? Like, of course you know what it is. Order in French, mess a yeah, weird, yeah, yeah. a weird size. I was just thinking. Do about. you guys just do small, medium, large? Yeah, we do small. Yeah, that's what small, I like. Medium, large yeah. we don't have fancy words i, I feel mean, like we, every time i go into starbucks i lose my i lose my cool for a minute when i'm like crap i don't remember how to ask for what size what's no, a vente grande just, tall yeah. i just want the, the you biggest give me the small yeah. the small one and i just make a shape shape with my hand See, and i'm like <laughs> I, want, I want the biggest one that's what i want yeah, i don't want my beer or my coffee to be pretentious so we have like in our shop we have like what we call the the, the best coffee experience and we believe that you get the best coffee experience by putting a lot of effort into creating the best product by having highest quality beans that are fresh roasted, locally roasted. We get them within a week. We're serving them right away by using highest quality uh, syrup sauces. I mean, our processes are dialed in. We have uh, fresh espresso, freshly ground, freshly clean pitchers. I mean, everything soup to nuts is like the best process we can to make sure that you have the highest quality, freshest drink. That said, like there's like one A and then there's like you know, one B, which is the customer service side of it. Like they're both like neck and neck as far as like how, what we think is the most important as far as the customer service and the coffee experience. And I feel like a lot of places they put a lot of effort into just the coffee. And then the customer service is like somewhere down below as far as like level of importance and far, as far as how you treat people yeah. and how you like deliver on their product. Like as the customer, we want you to be a jerk to us because your coffee is great. That's it. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 And I've been oh, places, worth it. Yeah. And I've been places before where it's like the, the quality of the food is, is exponentially enhanced by the service that you're yeah. getting. Yeah. And so I think it's just recognizing like that as a truth and, and that can go both ways. Like I could have, you know, you, you go into someplace like Ruth Chris or you go into someplace like Capitol Grill or other like high-end restaurants, there's a reason why they put a lot of effort into service. Like that, yeah. those two kind of go hand in hand because you can't charge, what, $100, $150 for a meal if there's crappy service right. because the people are going to still think it's shit, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, thanks for just making this ex an explicit episode. <laughs> oh, that's fine. We just need to know. <laughs> what if I, if I said shite? Would that be better? <laughs> No, you're fine. My brother-in-law lives near your first shop and our shop. We just bought a house near your new shop. And that shopping center was like eh, a bit dull and void. I was looking for something. Having lived in New York for a mm -hmm. while, I understood the community aspect of a coffee shop. And you know, just so thankful to see the Wake Zone come in there. I'm like, told my wife, like, hey, there's a new coffee shop opening. Uh, it's the, I think it's the same one near Andy's house. Yeah. And then we do our family walk now on Saturdays. It's becoming a routine. We yeah. walk about a mile from the from the new one and we go over and it's been just such a great experience yeah. and now we're we're scheduling meetings there and you know meeting you and meeting some of the other folks that go there and our dog is so welcome they your staff brings a ball oh, yeah. out and a bowl of water i'm like the dog loves it like yeah. this is this is what we we needed and, and i think it's going to anchor that neighborhood yeah i think so and i think it's it's a lot of fun and we've put a lot of effort into you know, not only trying to create that physical space, but even on the outside, you know, so we have a, a, a big drive through to try to make it more convenient for customers who are on the go. One of the things we did on the outside is we put a big wall mural in because I think that there are a lot of places when you go through the drive through and there's a very specific inside experience. And then there's a much lesser than kind of drive through experience where like the drive through is almost purely just transactional. Yeah. And one of the things we wanted to do at our drive through is make it so like there was kind of a different drive through experience. So we put this huge wall mural up on the outside 
And when we talked to the lady who did it, her name is Lisa Gaither. She did Marbles Museum and she's done a bunch of others. One of the things we talked to her about is we wanted something that like as you're pulling through the drive-thru, like it is it is a different experience. And the drive-thru window that we have is actually, as the, the door is open to it, they're actually like the window to the birdhouse. And so we have these big giant Huge, birds giant, that are beautiful on the side. colored birds. And yeah. so when you look at it from the side, you can see, and you're like, oh, that's amazing. But then as you pull through the drive-thru, it's a very different experience. Yeah. So you have a lot of parents who... Their kids want to come through. They want to see the birds. They like looking at them. They yeah. take pictures of it. It's kind of an interactive customer right. experience because it's one of those things where there's only so much you can do with the drive through to try to make it better. But like we wanted them to have something that kind of felt special, kind of bring a little bit of like the Wake Zone character to the outside. Yeah. And that's not something you'll get at, at Starbucks or McDonald's or those other places where they just kind of don't care. You're just, we're going to kind of shuffle you through. Yeah. Wow, so. that, that bird! Thing. I'm glad we talked about that. Isn't that, that is, cool? That's a big deal. Yeah, it's a lot of, and yeah. it's a lot of fun to do. So, yeah. well, we really enjoy talking with you. No, that's and, awesome. Uh, yeah. Hope to have you back sometime. Can't wait to get out. Is this over already? Coffee. Time flies when you're having fun, Paul. Yeah. Is there anything you'd like to push or promote going on right now at Wig Zone Coffee? You know, we always have different specials going on, and we regularly have uh, free coffee and fitness one Saturday a month. So pay attention to our Facebook page or Instagram page because we'll promote it on there, where you can go out, you do a free community workout, and you get free coffee. We're going to be starting a run club coming up soon that's going to be on Sunday morning. So you can come out, run with some of your good friends, kind of meet some new people and kind of create a group atmosphere and then kind of hang out and get some coffee. And then we've got a mobile app. Fantastic. Wake Zone Coffee. Again, follow them on Instagram at Wake Zone Coffee House. Check out their uh, Facebook page to stay in the loop with all the cool things you're talking about. Thank you. And be their buddy. Can we just say where they are, the two locations? Yeah, please. Yeah, so the OG location is in right on the line of Apex and Cary. The address is 6108 Old Jenks Road. It's right next to Salem Elementary and Salem Middle School. The new location is 1750 Olive Chapel Road right across the street from Olive Chapel Elementary School, right in the Publix Point Shopping Center. So both of them have amazing drive throughs Both of them have some of the friendliest faces you'll see. They've got great coffee, great service. So come on by. We awesome. love it. We love it. Thank you so much, Paul. Thank, Thank you very much, guys. I appreciate it. You guys have a great day. This show is produced at Podcast Carry, a professional studio making podcasting simple and fun. Located in Vibe Coworking in Cary, North Carolina. Want to start a podcast to create great content for your business and establish yourself as a thought leader in your city? Go to podcastcary.com. Connect with your audience. Grow your brand. We love making this stuff for you. You can help us out by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Get unstuck. Tell a better story and have a good answer to the question. What are you doing today?